Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Um, I'm excited to have uh, my first host, actually, of this of this podcast. I have Nick Arnott in front of me. Say hi, Nick. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> this is Nick, and he's actually uh, one of the co-owners of Scale Digital Marketing. And versus me trying to miss up your, your mess up your bio, Nick, at all, um, I'm going to give you, I want to give you permission to really just brag about yourself for a second, because the time that I've known you, you're you're more of a, a quiet individual. You're not going to sit there and just spew everything that you've done. And uh, but once people really know who you are, Nick, I've noticed that I can't help but be impressed with what you've done. Sure. Um, so if it's okay with you, I just want to you know give us you know your bio and like sure a yeah minute or so yeah absolutely. Uh, so I grew up in uh, Northern California. I was always really interested in, in video and, and and web technology and things like that. Um, and so, uh, what, but what I found out there is I was kind of like the, uh, the small fish in a big pond. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to move out to Buffalo about nine years ago, and I took it. And it was kind of a, a fresh start, something that um, I could kind of, you know, just get excited about and, and start to network and meet people. And when I started, you know, I was, I was just eager to create content and, and get it out there so people could be entertained or learn and, and gather information from some insight that I thought I had. And I didn't really know it was called marketing at the time. Mm -hmm. um, it just so happens that I was coming up with these strategies that were pretty successful. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it garnered a lot of attention. And so I said, okay, well, apparently I'm pretty good at at, at building things mm -hmm. like, like websites and, and doing content marketing. So might as well, you know, offer those as a solution to businesses. Mm -hmm. And you know, it kind of started as, you know, low hanging fruit making websites for smaller businesses and one thing led to another. Um, and before you know it, um, you know, we've we've got a pre pretty decently uh, sized staff mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we're one of the fastest growing marketing firms in Buffalo. Yep. And just our client list is, you know, kind of impressive in and of itself, but what we've kind of done since then is we've taken the technology that we've developed um, as a marketing firm and took kind of like the methods and we've started to turn them into uh, basically productize them yeah um, so that uh, more more people can take advantage of the of the strategies and solutions that we've mm -hmm. created so we have several software as a service type solutions that we've created and that's just kind of like it's just like momentum kind of it's like the snowball kind of effect where you know you gain a little bit of momentum it just keeps growing and uh, so we're riding a, a pretty interesting wave uh, yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah, the wave, the, the Cali lingo there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when did scale marketing start officially? Yeah, so uh, about five years ago. Um, it started just as a, a side project. Okay. Well, not side project, I guess as a side gig. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted, you know, I was kind of always an entrepreneur. I had several businesses before this that mm -hmm. kind of, you know, had that roller coaster effect of kind of success and failure and things like that. And I kind of look at, at any failure as a opportunity to just understand how to do something better. Uh -huh. And fortunately I had that and I was hungry to do so. Yeah. And so um, 
so in my mind, I was like, yeah, I want to start another business, um, but if I make an extra twenty grand a year or something, mm-hmm. that's pr- that's pretty good. I had a corporate yeah. job at the time, but so I started I started the um, I started the business, and you know, certain projects just kind of fell on my lap. So smaller websites and some branding and hey we need help with this menu or you know things yeah. like that just kind of uh kept happening i started doing a little bit of networking and yeah um before i knew it you know that it's just kind of that again that momentum that perseverance in in saying that hey this is something we do and we do it well people start to latch on you mm-hmm. know and I, I always kind of talk about our business in particular as one that you know it, most of its success comes from word of mouth so mm-hmm. Having, you know, being able to solve problems for business owners and being able to kind of talk intelligently about from like, like kind of like the 10,000 foot view of what their business needs. Right. I think people really appreciated. And so we were able to offer solutions that were tailored instead of just trying to sell them on something that was going to be a cash grab. Yeah. And um, to go off topic for a second, I want this podcast to be about businesses that are, you know, we have, we're going to have businesses that are listening that really have no employees. Like sure. they're starting from ground zero. Yeah. And, we, and we've all started from there. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, businesses that are like, you know, two, three, four hundred employees right. and, and everywhere in between. So how many employees do you have right now, Nick? Sure. Yeah. So I have uh, 10 employees mm-hmm. at, um, at scale. That, that includes myself. Okay. Um, but what we also have, so we have a couple other businesses that mm-hmm. kind of have their own set of employees as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of those businesses end up being more like kind of partner type relationships. And then we use the scale resources mm-hmm. to help build those businesses. Um, so the entire network of people that I think I would say like work closely with me on kind of a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. or towards the, the companies I'm, I'm a part of is probably closer to the 20 range. Okay. Um, but yeah, kind of like the day-to-day management of, yeah, about 10. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so it's been about four years since you started Scale, if I heard you correctly. Um, where was like, where was that defining moment for you? Like, you know what? We like, like, I guess you would say the defining moment where you're like, this is getting big. Yeah. 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 Um, so again, so we were kind of doing the, you know, the small websites and, you know, trying to, trying to build retainers Mm -hmm. around those. So doing SEO, digital advertising, Mm -hmm. kind of like the, these services that I could get like a monthly retainer for. Yeah. And, um, so, and that's a great business model for us because it's kind of, you know, a regular income, which Mm -hmm. allows us to kind of forecast. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the moment that went, we basically, we went from this, you know, oh, here's a $400 website here. Yeah. Here's a, you know, a $1,000 website here or, you know, a $2,000 branding project um, was when we got our like first major retainer, which mm-hmm. was um, a $5,000 a month retainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was where I, I was like, okay, so I've got, I've got a handful of, of clients and I've got this $5,000 retainer. What do, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was for the first time I said, Okay, we have a viable business here. You know, mm-hmm. we're making we're making a, enough income to start to need to think about how how we legitimize this. Mm-hmm. And you know, at that point too, I was I was still kind of figuring out uh, how to navigate having a full time job and yeah. transition to this. Yeah. Um, and one of the first things I did um, was I ended up hiring somebody to manage um, our social media accounts. Mm. Um, so. Uh, part-time um 
girl that we had basically just take care of those. Yeah. And then, okay, then I could focus on the, the bigger retainer. Yeah. But at that moment, I realized, okay, I have, if this grows anymore, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I need to have some stuff figured out. So I sat down with my now business partner, Nick, and we kind of looked at all the finances and figure out how we're going to arrange the business to operate. And it was, it was that, it was that moment we kind of like looked at each other and was like, you know, this is, this is an actual business. We, we have something that that's, that's, sustainable yeah and uh so there where, was where was that free by the way like like what what year mark month mark what um, were you i would say that that's probably like six months in that's pretty cool yeah um and that was it was really this the the time to start thinking about okay well you know if we had a little bit more income mm-hmm. we're working full-time on this so when did you like take the plunge right like, okay we're getting this because by the way if you haven't seen nick's office space it's pretty <laughs> sweet i'm not gonna lie. i love it it's innovative Thank as soon you. as i walk in i'm like I have ideas. It's yeah. like, it's kind of like whenever I walk into Home Depot, I just have this urge to build a tree house. Sure, I don't sure. know what it is, but when I walk into Nick's office, I'm like, <laughs> I just want to create something yeah. pretty big. So like, when did you like, man, we're taking the plunge and we're moving forward and yeah. Yeah. Um, good question. So it was, it was probably a few months after that moment um, that we just, just discussed. Um, mm-hmm. We ended up growing that $5,000 retainer to a $10,000 retainer. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, that was Nick and I were both full-time employees for other people. Mm-hmm. And we looked at the numbers and said, okay. Hey, yeah, this doesn't know. make sense anymore. Yeah, let's, we can, we can go full-time. That's you know, cool. as crazy as that sounds. And uh, so we, you know, he quit his job, um, as did I. And uh, we just, yeah, one day we were just there full-time. <laughs> and What's crazy is it was probably like, you know, this is probably like the learning cycle of a business. It was probably like two months later that retainer ended up falling through. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so now you're stuck with this, like we either move forward Mm -hmm. or we give up on this thing that we've now been working, you know, closer to a year. Wow. Um, and That'll that'll light a fire under you pretty quick. Oh man, and <laughs> I appreciate you even admitting that because, yeah. like, you know, you know, while you're on air, you know, yeah. so that that just that just shows that, like, I love the the transparency on that. Yeah, I, I, well, I think that's transparency. I think is definitely important. I think it's it's. You know, I don't even know that. Just yeah, for yeah, the yeah. Record. Um, I'm I'm willing to be kind of honest about the way this stuff works, um, even like competitors and things like that. I don't really think too much about them because we're all kind of trying to do what's best for Buffalo. Uh You know, we're all trying to build good businesses that have good foundations. We're trying to employ people. We're Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, market these businesses so that Buffalo is successful. And so um, that's how I kind of want to operate. I want to be the guy that everybody said, you know, no matter if you're on my team, you were a competitor Mm -hmm. that, you know, I I did something good. I didn't talk poorly Mm -hmm. about you or your Mm -hmm. business. And we were able to grow some stuff together, or at least they were able to watch me help grow something. And you're so right. And like sometimes we think, well, I'll do the right things when I get bigger, or when I have this much clientele, or I have this much profit range. But you know, if we can't steward the small things, I highly doubt we're going to be able to do so the large things. Yes. And I think that sometimes people say, well, you know, since you're making this much income or this much was clients were coming in, you know, you changed. I don't think people change. I think sometimes. Uh, I guess you would say just use the word money. Money sometimes just magnifies who we are. Sure. So I think that um, that's so cool that you did that in the beginning stage mm-hmm. because it's obviously it's it's catapulted to where you where you are. Yeah. Um, I think I think there were a lot there was a lot of bad practice in 
kind of marketing, I think, mm-hmm. uh, over, over the last like 10 years, there's, there's been a huge shift okay. um, from traditional and how you talk to people and how people want to be talked to. Mm-hmm. And um, to be frank, there's ways to reach audiences that are way less expensive than they've historically been. Okay. And I think, you know, we had to kind of overcome this thing of, hey, we're using these newer techniques that nobody's really used before, but mm-hmm. they're way more effective and they cost less. Well, there was like a trust factor there. So yeah. we had to almost be hyper professional. We had to we had to come in and say, I know you've been working with this agency for 30 years, mm-hmm. but you should trust some some kids. Yeah. And so we kind of had to... Because you're, you're in your 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Mid-20s, yeah. Yeah, right in my mid-20s when we started. And so... You know that's not too far away from <laughs> from being where we are now. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and yeah, both sides. I mean, and you know, you could look at you know myself or my business partner, and you know, it's like, hey, I, you know, we still get carded when we go, you know, to a yeah, bar. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that being said, you know, like we had to kind of almost oversell. And I don't mean that like in a negative way, but we had to really come in out of the gate as the authority in the space, mm-hmm. or else we weren't going to make any progress. So for a long time, when we didn't really have our name behind us yet, Mm -hmm. we had to really, we had to know our stuff. Like there was no room, room uh, to not. (laughs) So speaking of that, you know, I use the word stuff, but um, so for businesses, you know, I kind of want to, I want to appear to both audiences here. So for, so I want to break this into two, this question to two points. Mm -hmm. So, what are what are your thoughts being obviously a marketing company and really just being the authority in that field right now and really just crushing it mm-hmm. seeing things that you've done um really since i've known you but what's cool is that i, I want to ask this question of what what's what what um suggestions would you make for a very small entrepreneur we're talking like yeah. they have no employees they're just getting things off the ground i know it's such a general question yeah, yeah every yeah. business is so different sure. so i i'm sorry if i'm putting you in a hey. corner here, Nick, but what, what suggestions would you make in terms of marketing or ideas to really get their name out there for a super small business? We're talking one play yeah. at the most or two or yep. three down to the, the company that, and then the second part of that question is what would you, have, what would you suggest towards a larger company? Sure. Yeah. Um, so for kind of like the hyper small businesses, and, and like you said, it's a good point to say that every business is different. Every business kind of needs to market themselves different. And I think that's, that's almost some of the honesty that you need to have in marketing mm-hmm. and realizing that maybe the services that I'm offering aren't the right solution for you. Yeah. And um, I think there's some, some, some marketing firms that have given a little bit of a bad rap to, to how some of this works for the smaller businesses because they're not catering to the fact that, you know, maybe I shouldn't sell you on this mm-hmm. because you should be focusing on you know, just by bettering your product or bettering your service or having better customer support, that might be the crux of what helps you do better. Yeah. Um, you know, there are businesses that are going to do better word of mouth. And I think that's kind of like where they sit. Like no, mm-hmm. no amount of advertising is going to make you proactively, you know, just choose them. For example, like a, a dentist office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can, I can go run a billboard right now for $5,000 a month um, for a dentist office, but uh, the only time I've ever used a dentist, and this is mm-hmm. probably where most people sit, mm-hmm. is when they have a toothache. Mm-hmm. Kind of same with like, and this is more of an analogy, like or when you move to a different area where you don't have to use your original dentist. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. So there's there's only a, a few situations where like proactively marketing mm-hmm. something like that is going to make a huge effect. Same with like the emergency room, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
what marketing for the emergency room is gonna is gonna help because when mm -hmm. you're 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 in need of something like that, mm -hmm. you're probably just calling nine one one. You know, it's not like which one is, has really marketed themselves the best to me. Yeah. Um, so that being, I'm I'm only using those analogies to say like, you know, that is certainly different than somebody who might need to pro who can proactively promote like a service. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of hard to work without an example, but you know, again, like a photographer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're based on, on word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So what's going to help them is when they put their images up, let's say a wedding photographer, um, you know, they put their photos up and all their friends go in and that from the wedding go and tag everybody in the photographs. Mm -hmm. It shows up on your timeline. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is the guy that, you know, that did this. You just now marketed to 100 people just mm -hmm. by sharing it on Facebook. Right. No paid strategy. Mm -hmm. And then when somebody's, you know, somebody that is looking at those just happens to be engaged and mm -hmm. now they're reaching out. And so, so for some businesses, there's ways that, like, I would feel um, ethically wrong selling them on, one of my services mm -hmm. when that when something like that is really what they should be doing right now and, and so that's kind of like the thing if you really have such a small budget i think cap capture i call it capture and retention okay. so capturing data points like mm -hmm. email addresses mm -hmm. um and then using those to then continuously market for very low cost mm -hmm. is a very effective model for for a lot of businesses so again mm -hmm. let's take maybe like a a shop like a, an auto shop mm -hmm. they you know traditionally it's like you bring your car and they fix it and that's it mm -hmm. well what they could start doing is they, they last time i got my car fixed they look at my inspection date they look at my you know and say okay their car is going to expire or, or, or going to need to be um checked out in yeah. you know april of 2019 yeah so then who, who am i getting a call from in in, in march mm -hmm. saying Hey, you should come in and bring your car. And remember, we worked with you last time. Yeah. And so they just got a sale off of me mm -hmm. uh, simply because I interacted with them before. Right. And so I think in, you know using things like Mailchimp and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, that's relatively. I mean, for two thousand subscribers, mm -hmm. uh, that's free. Yeah. So just by like understanding your customers and mm -hmm. having some data on them, you can be really inexpensively marketing. Right. So that, that's just, that's one idea. I mean, you could take the same thing for like restaurants and things like that, like uh, using like text messages, you know, like, you know, hey, review us for 10% off. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they review, you give them their 10% off and now you've got their phone number. Or and you think it's relatively inexpensive. It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, like using MailChimp, if, you know, and especially when we're talking to small businesses, they might only have a book of business of 2000 customers. Mm -hmm. So Essentially, they can email, you know, do email blasts and, and things like that, or or market to them uh, for essentially the cost of some of their admin time. Right. So that's what I would kind of recommend for like the smaller businesses. It's kind of like like understand how people are using you, understand mm -hmm. the data points at which you can speak to them, yeah. and then do it there. I mean, there's there's certainly going to be businesses that can be more proactive in their sales approach, where something like. Uh, Facebook ads might mm -hmm. be a really good call. So, um, like, yeah, and I find that more so in like the product world. Yeah, and you answered that so well because that's such a, there's, there's a you know in 2019 we can do a million things for a living you yeah. know like anything. So 
for uh, so I I was usually asked that question like man I hope I didn't paint him to a corner <laughs> but you answered that really well and I think that I just think that's really phenomenal mm-hmm. um, now in, in terms of like mid to large businesses we're probably sure. talking you know I, you know fifty maybe plus employees yeah. or more what, what what would you suggest sure so when we get into a business that has fifty plus employees you're talking about a business that has uh, a revenue that's pretty decent, um, mm-hmm. you know, not to get into like revenue projections, but you know, they have enough cash coming through that should afford them if they budget themselves right mm-hmm. to have a larger expenditure for their marketing. And I know probably thinking as marketing and sales is a major strategy for growing their business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times when we think, um, you know, these super small businesses, yeah, that, yeah, they want to make sales, but that might not always be the crux. Like mm-hmm. some of it's like more focused on, I, ha- I want to solve this issue and I'm trying to solve that and hopefully people come and buy yeah. where a business that's established like that, they're really proactively trying to do something. So um, part of it is kind of authority um, and relevance. When you're, when you're that big, you, you also have big competitors and you want to appear to be the most knowledgeable in your field. So I think you can kind of un- unleash more than just one strategy and I think that's kind of where you should go. Um, I think content marketing for larger businesses, if, if you've already got your other channels kind of mm-hmm. already configured, you're like, you've got your sales team, you know, you've got your proactive marketing, you're, you know, like you're using digital ads, you're using search engine techniques to, to, to garner business. You can start doing things like blogging, like social media, uh, to just be kind of like the fringe mm-hmm. uh, strategy where now you're appearing on people's timelines as, as the answer to certain problems. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to focus a little bit more on brand awareness mm-hmm. rather than like targeting somebody. Cause mm-hmm. I think at that point you're already, you're already doing your targeted type stuff. Right. You've, you've, your sales teams are already prospecting and finding out your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can kind of expand uh, your channels a little bit more. And like I just said, like you can also target a little bit more. You can have, you can have sales strategies and you really understand uh, how to sell your product Mm -hmm. and then find out what's more effective. You have a little bit more time to kind of A, B test what works. Mm. And I think that's kind of the key with any marketing is, is we call it conversion rate optimization. Uh, But if you look at that from your business, from the top down, like every step of the way to gaining a customer, Mm -hmm. what can we do to make that conversion rate a little bit better? Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about finding a lead, Mm -hmm. how can we, how can we get that initial meeting, uh, better how can we how can we turn our conversation if it's a cold call so that i'm getting 50 percent more meetings set from that mm-hmm. and then from that out of the meetings i did set what do i need to do to make sure i get a request for a proposal mm-hmm. and you know finding out the techniques and verbiage that i need to put into place to be able to just increase those you know might only be you know one more proposal a month but you know you want to be working towards optimizing that as, as opposed to not having any strategy and then kind of, you know, maybe you're on a lucky streak or a seasonal streak or something like that, that now you're having to combat against. Right. Hey, really quick. If you love what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review and rate it. It takes 10 seconds, but it means so much to me. Let others know about it. If you know a Western New York entrepreneur who is killing it right now and should be interviewed, please introduce them to me. Again, I want to keep this thing going, so please leave a review and share it on your social media platform of your choice so others know about this. So while you're, speak, while you're talking about this, I thought of this question, and I, I feel like you might laugh if I say it, but <laughs> um, 
I'm sure when you know being the you know the the marketing guru that you are, mm-hmm. and I'm sure people ask questions yeah. probably all the time to you, yeah. and probably redundant probably the same questions. But what question do you wish clients or potential clients would ask you, and which question did you wish they maybe not necessarily you wish they wouldn't ask you, but you wish they asked it differently? Sure, sure. Um, Man, and that's kind of hard right off the right off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, one thing I think that I I wish every client came armed with mm-hmm. uh, more so, um, or at least they answered this question. I asked this question to themselves okay. before having a conversation. Yeah, that's good. Is um, what is my yearly marketing budget? Okay. Um, I think you need to kind of understand your business and your cost per acquisition and like what the um, what the threshold amounts can be for your for your sales mm-hmm. process. I think you need to understand that before you're marketing. I, I always, That's whenever, I, I, I talk about this stuff a lot, like setting a good foundation for mm-hmm. yourself before you really do any type of marketing. Um, henceforth, scale, you know, it's based on the fact that like, you gotta walk before you run, you have to burn, build yourself on a firm foundation before you can do some of those things. But I think from a business perspective, you need to, you need to have somewhat of an understanding of, of, you know, it's just not, it's not just, I just, let's do a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. And it's like, no, let's set like, you know, here's your budget for marketing. You know that you're not going to go under from spending this amount on marketing. Yeah. Cause after three months you're like, well, we, you know, maybe that's not what we should be doing. And we should, we should have done more. We should have done less. Yeah. Yeah. And then simultaneously, you know, knowing their cost per acquisition and what they're okay with spending to gain a customer. So if, you know, I sell this product for, you know, it's, it's a $10 product, but I sold it at five when you include all the digital ad costs and everything, um, is that worth getting that client? Because that client down the line over the course of the next two years might be worth $100. Mm-hmm. Or am I only going to sell them this $10 thing once and $5 doesn't make enough margin to even make sense? Right. Um, so understanding what you can sell your products for, uh, understanding what your budget can be, eases the conversation immensely mm-hmm. because then we can we can start by by reverse engineering basically saying all right here's all the things that you can realistically do because i think a lot of people don't come into marketing with a with like a fair understanding of what some of the costs attributed can be and the and what's crazy is the numbers can range from you know uh an out-of-the-box solution for ten dollars a month to a co- completely custom solution that's a hundred thousand dollars a month and so having you know kind of an expectation of where you're at is a mm-hmm. good is a good place to start and and getting your foundation built mm-hmm. that's good and like I, i'm learning so much from this so i'm really glad i'm the interview the interviewer <laughs> here um so i have to ask what's your best story while running a business like uh, a mm. job you did or maybe a client experience or an employee did something like what was what's your best story do you think yeah, and you know it's, it's kind of crazy because you have seasons in business. At least, at least for us, you know, you kind of go through, um, the you know different employees, you know, and that's the thing with being a business owner. Is, you know, there's things that aren't as constant as you'd want them to be. So you have, you know, you have customers for a certain amount of time, and they're kind of like what you're focusing on, and those are milestones. The fact that we got this business mm-hmm. is, is crazy, yeah. or man, we got this really great employee or, and oh, this employee left. And mm-hmm. so like, you, like it's almost kind of like you live in these, these seasons mm-hmm. of, of business. And I, I kind of look at it kind of like that. And I think in each season, there's different things you're excited about and there's different goals that you have. Um, so, I mean, there, there are certain clients that, you know, when we, 
when we got them, it was like a game changer. And it's kind of like a validation point for, for us to say, wow, like, you know, we're a real business. I think we, we always combat that. Yeah. Or even myself, like, you know, and I, I see this a lot and I kind of joke around about it, but, you know, like, do you ever get that feeling that you're just like a 15-year-old that's mm-hmm. parading around in a 30-year-old's body? <laughs> you know, it's like, when at what point do I grow up? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, there's points in that same thing. It's like, oh, we're a real business. Yeah. You kind of look, look back and you have like this, this moment of clarity because business kind of goes slow. Like, you know, and I always, I, I always advocate for, um, just start, start your business, figure the rest out later, especially if you have an idea that you have some momentum behind, mm-hmm. because, uh, as, as you, as you start, you realize, okay, well, I've got to file properly with the IRS or I get dinged or, you know, all these yeah. different little things. And after a while you've, you're, you're past all those, mm-hmm. the thousand tasks it takes a startup, yep. you just kind of like you got past. And mm-hmm. now you're in this moment where you look back and you're like, that was a mountain that I climbed and right. I didn't think that that, I, that was ever really possible. So I think for me there, I, I can't think of any like in particular right off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but I think there are certainly times where, you know, we've gotten a certain client or hit a certain milestone where it's just, you kind of have, have to sit back and be like, you know, I can't believe that we, we did this. Yeah. Um, and it gets kind of funny is eventually the, that ceiling that you thought you had is now your floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, there, there was, yeah. You know, you're thinking about how am I ever going to get my first employee, mm-hmm. you know, and make a salary. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds like an impossibility. Mm-hmm. But as you just continue to grow, more opportunities uncover. You know, you you gain momentum, you gain clients, and you almost out of necessity have to mm-hmm. get your employee. Maybe you take a little bit of a hit to do so, but then after a year, you find that wait, now I'm paying myself an employee, and it's 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 working. It's yeah. the, the system hasn't broken. And then you know, down the road, you you're like. Well, I can't imagine myself with ten employees. That mm-hmm. would be so much money that it mm-hmm. takes to 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 uphold that. Yeah, yeah. And then you get there, and you, you don't even realize you're there uh-huh. until like a couple months down the road, and you go, "Oh yeah, that this is crazy." Right. You know, <laughs> it's so crazy. And, and this is my assumption. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but like once you get one or two, I bet you it's just like it's just kind of like okay, then three and four and five just kind of really happen. You don't even really think about it anymore. Sure. It it's it certainly the barrier to entry is mm-hmm. is i feel like a lot higher for the first one you have to there's a lot of things that you don't think about you don't think about you know well i have you know uh employment insurance and mm-hmm. i've got to take care of them as a as a w-2 and there's legalities associated with that mm-hmm. now my accountant needs to do mm-hmm. more stuff um so yeah it certainly does decrease um and i think what happens too is you know, as you start your business, you're the, you're the one that has you you hold all the cards in terms mm-hmm. of how it operates. You know all the secrets. So, you know, as you get one employee on, you get to take one hat off. Right. And you train them up, and now they're kind of operating. So now, you know, you're able to then, as you take off more hats, you'll be more productive and focus on bigger things. Yeah. Until the point where, you know, your only concern is keeping the engine well oiled mm-hmm. and moving. And that is a lot different feeling than like the kind of grind that we feel, you know, when we only when we have limited resources. No, you're, I, I totally understand that. Um, so I'm going to flip the script on now a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, so we went from going, hey, best story, and we talked about <laughs> like it's great, but yeah. I want to get to some nitty gritty stuff if yeah, that's okay. So, um, what were one or two of the biggest mistakes you ever made as a business owner? Yeah, good, 
Good question. And I think this is probably the most valuable thing out okay. of out of anything. I mean, because, you know, we can talk about the cool things that we've done and I hope that's motivating mm-hmm. to say that we went from, you know, this being a side gig to, you know, a business with 10 employees mm-hmm. plus, you know, five other companies that I now run. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, um, I think this, like, fundamentally understanding the mistakes and helping somebody avoid some of those okay. is 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 critical that's the stuff that we should it's not motivating but it's hey and it's not the fun stuff either. so give us the mistake nick yeah okay so (laughs) no no you're right um i'll try to i'll try to make it a positive i think the big thing is again i always come down to foundation uh, of the business um you know there's some costs and things associated with setting up a business right Mm -hmm. that i don't think you should try to avoid um just to save some money yeah and so you know, when I think about starting a business, I would suggest save up five to ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars just for for admin costs. Um, you know, you're going to need to uh, you know get your LLC or your corporation. You know, you're going to need to get your kind of accountant either on retainer or kind of set up. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to make sure that you're filing you know yourself right in terms of how you're paying yourself. Um, and then if you have a business partner. You have your partnership agreements set up correctly um, by a lawyer. Okay. You know, don't don't go on LegalZoom and get your partnership yeah. agreement. Okay. You know, like because every business is different. Every business operates differently with intellectual property and who's building the product, who's selling the product, who who came up with the idea. You know, that needs to be in writing. And it needs to be notarized and like actually legalized. Right. Th- that's for me. Um, that's where I've seen some of my, my biggest. Pitfalls. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to go into too much detail about yeah. like specifics. But what I can say is, um, through going through that the hard mm-hmm. way, um, that's that's one thing that just do it right. You're going to feel a lot better. Contracts and agreements aren't for the good times. You know, like they're <laughs> that actually that makes sense. Yeah, they're for they're for when things are you know get difficult and hopefully they never do. Uh, but they also dictate like why things shouldn't get difficult either mm-hmm. because you know. We already agreed that X happens if we decide to disagree. Um, hmm. The other, and I wouldn't say this is necessarily a mistake, and I, I talk on this often, is setting yourself, like what your core values, your mission and vision are right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, because any employee you get, you get to judge if they're the right employee based off of your core principles and if they align with your mission and, and, your, and your vision. And if they don't, they're probably not the right employee for you. Right. Um, whether they're super experienced or you're going to mold them, mm-hmm. um, you know, really whatever you're standing for, they need to be able to get behind because if they're not rowing with you, yeah. then they're not really helping. Yeah. And uh, so you were talking about core values of who they, who they are and what, what makes them. Mm-hmm. Like their DNA almost in a way, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, I've had that experience where I've hired employees. Like, well, they're qualified, right? Well, they're qualified. They, mm-hmm. they, they, do, they can do the job really well, but... They're not. They're going to really conflict with our culture and what we want. Yes. So, has and, that happened? Yeah, and I would say in a small business, it's 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 that much more critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're talking about a, um, a small business, you're talking about um, every cog in the machine is critically important. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there. You know, you're not going to hire somebody in a small team that isn't drastically helping raise the bar to where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And so, if they're not you know, even a, I think it's more important in a smaller business. Um, in larger businesses, you see a lot of people almost getting away with the ability to not 
align with core values because there's so, there's almost too much bloat. You don't notice mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But small business, if you have four employees, they're responsible for 25% of the work. And yeah. If that's not at the level or standard, then you're you're technically going in the opposite direction. So, um, so you're saying run if they don't fit your culture or just yes. don't, not run, but yeah. don't hire that we, person. We, we basically call it right, uh, right person, right seat. Mm-hmm. And so both need to be true for them to be at your company. Mm-hmm. You have the right need for them and that seat's available and they, they're in it and they're the right person. And, and if, you know, I don't mean to be harsh, but if either of those aren't true, they're, you know, you, you might not have room for them on the, on the team. Yeah. And that's tough sometimes, right? Because you want to be everything to everyone. You want to be you want to be liked by everyone, but yeah. it's just not as a, as a business owner. We had to learn to push that aside, and in terms of our you know our direction, our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because uh, you know we don't have too much more time here, so I want to get through this question. Um, what problem would you like fixed in business in general? I know it's a general question, but what yeah. problem? Like you're like I would love this problem solved, or I would like yeah. So I'm, I'll just yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. leave it there. Yeah, and I'll touch a little bit back on like the core values um, because I think if you set your core values um, for for your business, um, you if you set them, they're usually based off of like the things you do well or the things you don't do well currently. Mm-hmm. And so what I've done in the past is I've looked at the problems that we've had, and and said I'm going to set the opposite of that and say what's most important to me is communication. So when we when we had communication issues or we weren't doing as good a job as I thought. Now, communication is a core value because, you know, that, that's one of the most important things for our clients. So, you know, I basically said from here on out, you know, we're going to communicate proactively often, both internally and externally. So mm-hmm. if I had a question, I wasn't just going to keep it. I was going to ask one of my team members. Mm-hmm. Boom, we're going to solve it. Um, and then bringing solutions and not problems is another one of our core values because, you know, as a business, you know, a lot of people want to rely on the owner. Mm-hmm. And, well, most of what I've learned is just from Google anyway. So yeah. you can Google it. We'll, you know, present the solution instead of just causing more cognitive dissonance from me mm-hmm. who's trying to focus on building, you know, growing the yeah, business. Yeah. And so that's kind of internally mm-hmm. what we've done to solve business issues. I think, you know, the larger scope of, you know, what's, you know, in general, like what I wish, you know, business... Um, what was better about business mm-hmm. is I, you know, I wish that people um, in their roles, you know, took some of their roles more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, sometimes you see roles that people have not based on experience, but more so, you know, they got placed in that role and mm-hmm. it didn't really make sense. And that's their business. And I have no effect on how their business runs, but you know, I've, I've met, you know, chief technology officers that, don't know technology mm-hmm. and you know things like that and so i you know sometimes it becomes really difficult if they're not fully invested in mm-hmm. in what they're doing for me to come up you know give them a solution if they're not invested in growing their business mm-hmm. um so so i kind of ultimately yeah in, in my utopian world of business is you know everybody that we deal with um is really invested in completing their projects, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're choosing to do with us, Mm -hmm. that they have enough stake and understanding on, on to accomplish it. You know, if you're asking for, for some of the technology, I get that we're the service that provides it and you're not going to understand a lot about it, but at least come in, you know, try to do some research, try to, try to understand, um, what exactly you're asking for. 
because if you don't know what you're asking for when you come to a business for service, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to add, you know, and I don't mean just marketing, but this could be anything. Like if you kind of come in, you're, you're going to end up making friction and you can cause communication issues or like a misunderstanding to happen just because, you know, you didn't know how to ask the question. Mm. So ultimately, yeah, if, if everybody knew their budgets and everybody knew what they were asking for, that would be, <laughs> that would be great. But, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the, <laughs> that's the biggest things. Like, you know, we ask people, what do you want? And, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're probably better answering this question, but mm-hmm. a lot of, we just don't know. Yeah. And sometimes we're different seas. Well, I knew what I wanted a year ago, but because these things happened or, you know, we change, like we, we grow as individuals. Who we are mm-hmm. five years ago isn't who we are today. And I can probably say the same five years yeah. later. In fact, if you're not really grown or changed in five years, I'd be like, what are we doing? Yeah. So um, last question here real quick, I, sure. I believe. Um, what do you love? You're from California. Yeah. But what do you love most about Buffalo? Because... Some people are probably thinking, wait, hold on, you're from California. Why are you in the frozen tundra of Buffalo? What do you yeah. love most about Buffalo? Yeah, and I think this is, this is a good testament to, to Buffalo um, in terms of uh, kind of why I stayed here. So my, my plan when I, when I first uh, came was, you know, be here like a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got here, so this is, this is nine years ago, the general thought uh, on Buffalo was it was kind of negative. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talked to people about the city and what was going on, and um, but it was kind of hard to hard to believe that because mm-hmm. I, I I looked at it from a, an outsider's perspective mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of growth and potential mm-hmm. happening and I saw things that were broken down but they were turning around mm-hmm. and so I, I realized very early on that I was kind of like on kind of on the rise. I came right in at the rise of Buffalo, kind mm-hmm. of like the resurgence. And I think that was kind of motivating to me because mm-hmm. I was like, well, if I work really hard during this time, I get to ride the wave of where Buffalo is mm-hmm. going. And, you know, we, Buffalo started as, you know, this, this giant indus- industrial city. And, you know, it took, it took a big dip, but mm-hmm. it's rising based on, you know, where we're going from technology and from, you know, you know, there, there are big uh, companies coming to, uh, to the city because it makes sense to be here. Some because of the cold, because mm-hmm. data storage and management is easier when you don't have to air condition it. So you're seeing, <laughs> you're seeing Buffalo and a lot of these like uh, Great Lake, you know, oriented mm-hmm. cities really growing on, you know, based on technology and they're replacing industry with technology. And I, when I got here, I, I, you know, I don't know if I ever admitted this, but you know, I thought, you know, in California, I was kind of like the small fish in a big pond. And mm-hmm. I thought in Buffalo, if I could work really hard, I could be a bigger fish mm-hmm. in, in, a in a smaller pond. pond. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of like what motivated me. And when I started doing business in Buffalo, um, I just started connecting with this person and this person. Mm-hmm. And those people, it turns out, know each other. And like yeah. you come to find out that you got these pockets of these communities where everybody kind of knows each other. And it's a growing, thriving mm-hmm. community. And now and that's that, how we met. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that, you know, in that we're also seeing the, the, the population's mindset on Buffalo has changed mm-hmm. too. Like there's a very, very positive outlook on where we're going mm-hmm. and we're, we're at the forefront of that. Yeah. And that's, that's really exciting. And it's at a really exciting time to be in Buffalo right now, which is why we wanted to start this podcast. Mm-hmm. 
But hey, by the way, so you know, I know people are going to think like, how do I get a hold of this guy? Yeah. So I mean, at least I would be. So Nick, um, how can people get a hold of you? Like whether it's social media or you know, sure, what sure. are your handles? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So my social security number is. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so yeah. So triscale.com. It's T-R-Y-S-C-A-L-E.com. Uh, that's uh, that's our digital marketing business. That's um, that's a good place to start. Okay. Um, you know. Uh, that is kind of the hub of our the rest of our businesses and anything that we have going on. Um, we have uh, a couple other other things that we can talk about at a later time. Um, but that's kind of like where you'll find me and mm-hmm. me and my business partner, who's also named Nick, which makes it really easy yeah, uh, to, <laughs> to talk. Yeah. We have, we have three Nicks at our company. Actually. Really? Yeah. So um, yeah, and we actually have two mats. So. Half the team. So you put that on the <laughs> resume, and you probably have a decent chance, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, Nick no, it's, it's a good way to get in. <laughs> <laughs> I know Nick, and you know, there's yeah. a good chance that you know someone will get that. But okay, yeah. By the way, Nick, just thanks so much for being a part of this, um, uh, especially the first episode. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to see this grow. And uh, you, you know, obviously, you're at the forefront of this, just yeah. like everything else you started. Thank you. Well, yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm I'm thoroughly excited to be a part of. Um, Anything that is part of the the moving and shaking mm-hmm. kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. So, and that's uh, w- when you asked me, I was absolutely excited to be uh, to be part of that. So, I uh, thank you invi- for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Thanks. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to wnyentrepreneur.com for articles. What's coming up next? and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.